Welcome to Enterprise Ireland's Nordic Ambition Podcast. Today we continue our Ireland at Slush series. We speak to Johnny Campbell, CEO of Social Talent. Social Talent is the training platform for hiring teams, giving teams the knowledge and skills they need to find, hire and develop great talent. Johnny founded the company in 2010 and it has gone from strength to strength since, with many reference customers in the Nordics. Johnny previously attended Slush with the Enterprise Ireland delegation in 2019, the last time the event took place in person. As you will hear in the podcast, Johnny is a great advocate for how Slush is run and how it brings so many influential people together. Please make sure to follow the podcast on Spotify and follow us on LinkedIn at Enterprise Ireland Nordics. Here's our chat with Johnny Campbell. Johnny, you're very welcome to the Nordic Ambition Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Owen. It's a pleasure to be here. Good stuff, good stuff. So yeah, what do social talent do? And maybe what's your unique selling point? So social talent is a learning platform for uh, scaling organizations, essentially, who are really invested in talent. So we're essentially the LinkedIn learning of uh, for organizations that really want to focus on the skills that are necessary to grow and develop and retain their talent. So we would have been... It started as a, a learning platform that trained recruiters how to recruit, and we've developed that into training organizations how to uh, hire. And then going further, how do you hire, onboard, retain talent, develop your talent, uh, drive more internal mobility, uh, retain your talent through engagement and better career opportunities as well. So uh, our USP has been to really focus on quality. So from day one, rather than just being a library that has loads of different courses, we focused on making sure we've got the best speakers who are the experts in that area, delivering content in the most engaging way and in a style and quality that feels much more like uh, HBO, you know, in terms of, you know, less content, but it's the best. It's going to get you a 9 out of 10 IMDB rating, basically. And that's been a big thing for us. You know, we have an NPS in our content of 90, which is typically unheard of in the corporate learning space. And that's from just really investing in amazing content, great storytelling, um, a really rich, high quality experience. But also we've got an 80% completion rate of our courses, which again compares with an industry 20%, because fundamentally it's not just good enough to have great content. As an enterprise, you want to make sure that all of your learners are completing that content and uh, therefore changing their behaviors and developing their skills because of that. And what made you start the business and, and like what's the journey been like from, from day one to, to where it is now? I'm a former recruiter and I started a recruiting business in the 2008 recession, uh, two months before that recession. I wouldn't have started in the recession. That would have been lunacy. Um, And from there, we quickly realized that the skills we were developing in using social media and the internet to recruit at the time, which were quite new and unique, uh, were better served if we could train everybody else on how to do those things well and leverage social media and social networks in that, that changing time. So we became a training company almost by accident. And I actually started training in-person teams initially in Ireland, then the UK, and then strangely all around the Nordics, which probably brings us to this conversation today. So that was where I cut my teeth and we scaled that online in an online platform as our customers quickly uh, evolved to be more enterprises uh, who wanted to invest in talent, invest in hiring and invest in training. And over the last uh, seven or eight years, we developed that platform uh, to the scale it is today with kind of 70 very large enterprises around the world using social talent to drive uh, millions of hires a year uh, through better skills enablement in the recruiters, their hire managers, their learning learners, their newly onboarded staff and their leaders. 
Yeah, no, you mentioned the Nordics. So what's the, uh, what was the reason you first began here and what's your impression of kind of like the people doing business and just generally of, of the region? Back in the early days, like most founders, uh, when you have a company in your, in your early years and days, you'll go anywhere where the money is. And uh, strangely, I just find myself going to the Nordics quite frequently, starting in, in Denmark. Um, we developed a partnership with somebody in Copenhagen who was working with lots of very fast scaling uh, businesses um, and recruiting companies. And I, I saw a lot of innovation initially in Denmark. And then quite quickly after that, we partnered with an organization in Finland and then expanded that to Norway and Sweden. And really the innovation was kind of uh, of a type I didn't see anywhere else with the exception of the Netherlands. So the Netherlands was the other kind of market outside UK and Ireland that I was uh, training in. And we just found that the appetite for you know, innovation was really high and the willingness to try new things was really high as well. And it just wasn't the same elsewhere in Europe. Um, and that's always been my impression since I started doing business in the Nordics 10 years ago. I've really been impressed by the level of innovation in the organizations. Um, but even in the more established businesses, they just seem to have a better appetite for innovation, for trying out new things. So when I first got the opportunity to go to Slush a couple of years ago and see it for myself, really see how Helsinki can host such an amazing uh, event, it felt felt right to me because I've always felt that the Nordic countries really were home to great innovation. Yeah, how did you find the the visit to Slush? In 2019, it was was an eye opener. I didn't know what to expect. I'd been to big events. I'd been at Web Summit and many other events. I speak at events uh, are used to back when um, there was many events that speak at regular events around the world. But Slush was just so well run. Uh, I felt like, um, you know, you, this kind of atmosphere of being in a nightclub and a fast paced and dark kind of with loud music booming, but just such great content, extremely slickly ran, you know, short presentations, short talks, you're quickly moving around. Um, whilst it was 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 mammoth and in size, it was extremely well put together. You know, you, you could easily get a, a drink, get some food, uh, network, move around. They really had thought of everything. And the big kind of difference to me that I hadn't seen at another conference was the focus on connecting founders with investors. And I thought that was that was really really amazing, and the kind of speed dating that goes on on the upper floors and just around all the coffee areas as well. Um, it was quite overwhelming, uh, first time being there, but, you know, for any founder looking to scale or fund or launch a company, it's just a must, must place, um, uh, must see event to go to. Mm. And what would be the object- objectives for you in 2021 for Slush this year? So we're in the online learning space own, and it's exploded since COVID. We're seeing massive usage from our users. And not only is online learning exploding, um, Organizations are realizing that we're at a critical time for talent. We're seeing the great resignation spread around the world. We're seeing this increase in focus on developing your people as you know, we've had this disconnect as we've all worked from home in, our, in professional roles and organizations have struggled with the old dynamic of how you manage, develop, engage your people. So looking for new skills. So the fact that the content that we've invested in over the last 10 years is now up to the very top of the agenda of organizations and online learning seems to be the only way that organizations on scale are looking at how you deploy education like this. I think we're in a really good sweet spot. So it's the right time for us to really go back and look at our ambition to expand as we've been a bootstrap business all the way to our current size um, over the last 10 years. But I really feel that there's uh, the time now is really to take on some of the largest 
larger learning library competitors out there um, who are doing a good job and have really opened up the industry. But we feel that that quality focus isn't quite there. And the focus on the kind of content, particularly the soft skills areas that we focus on, isn't there. So the opportunity is now. Brilliant, brilliant. So you sound very kind of like optimistic about the future post-COVID rather than, you know, that the world seems a bit more open. I'm very excited by the by the future of post-COVID. Mm. Like from a people perspective, you see a lot more control being pushed back towards the employee as the employee has in the early days of COVID um, allowed herself to, or, or kind of not allowed herself, but she's taken on the right to choose where she works from. That's been stage one. And I'd anticipate that that will evolve into choosing when she works and also what she works on. And that requires organizations to undergo a lot of change in their people structures, how they allocate work, how they prioritize work, measure activities, engage with their employees. You know, the future employee, the present employee in many organizations own um, is waking up, choosing to work on whatever they want, whatever time they want, wherever they want to. And big proviso uh, is that they're working to uh, clear KPIs or outputs or objectives that have been set uh, and they're very supported with the right information to actually go do that. So it's not that they're not accountable, they're highly accountable, but the organizations have emerged and most of the more innovative organizations have quickly adopted to this or accelerated towards this in many ways. And they're seeing the benefits. So I, I see that in organizations around the world that we deal with. We deal with a lot of very large established enterprises as well, Siemens, Ikea, Intel, Oracle, large organizations around the world. Um, as well as the more innovative newer organizations like Zalando, Lucid Motors, and others. And I really see that the very large enterprises are learning that they have to adapt and become much more dynamic, like their more upstart peers, if you like, if they're going to survive. And the ones that have done so are flourishing. You know, we were, changed our organization to a remote first environment in April of last year, April of 2020, which is only a month and a half into the pandemic. And many people thought I was nuts giving up office space for 60 people at a time and trying to focus on this new world of work. But to us, it was obvious right, right there because we were immersed in this. You know, We've been talking about this with the speakers that we work with on our platform and the customers that um, buy our solution. So it seemed obvious to us. But people thought I was a crazy person for about a year. But I think um, you know, here we are in November 2021 and many organizations being told they can't even go back to the office until the beginning of next year, 2022. Uh, they've moved on. The smart ones have moved on, set up new structures and have a new way of working that they're going to stick with. That's really fascinating. Delighted to have you as part of the Slush delegation and really looking forward to meeting you in Helsinki. I mean, yeah, I'll enjoy sharing a pint with you all the rest of the day. <laughs> see, you, see you in Helsinki. <laughs>